This is Faith in Your Recovery. Welcome to the battle. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, we're here for you and with you. I'm your host, Randy Davis, a former pastor, founder, and executive director of A Better Life, Brianna's Hope. We're a participant-driven, faith-based, and compassion-filled support recovery movement for those battling the battle with substance use disorder slash addiction. We're glad you're with us today. We look forward to sharing with you, and we recognize your time is a precious commodity, and for you to take the, to make the choice to share with us, that means a lot. I have a special guest with me today, someone I've known quite a few years, Dan Watson. Dan, uh, I understand you're a Green Bay Packer fan, yes? Of course. Of course. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> How far back does that go? Who's a couple of your favorites from uh, the history of the Packers? Oh, shoot. I've been a Packer fan all my life, so and I was born in Green Bay in 1961, so that's kind of why I'm a Packer fan. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. I, it's interesting because I was asking Siri questions coming over here today about the Pack, and they go back to about the days that you yes. were born. Uh-huh. Okay, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. certainly Vince Lombardi. And oh yeah, Bart Starr. And Bart I remember Star. a oh, yeah. an incredible linebacker by the name of Ray, Ray Nitsky. Yes, you know he didn't look intimidating, but on the field he would eat you alive. And yes, the, there uh-huh. was a guy named Paul Horning Paul too. Horning. I think yep. one. Yep. And Notre Dame boy. Notre Dame, yeah. Yep. And then, of course, there was that frozen tundra of oh, Lambeau yes. Field. Mm-hmm. I had the opportunity about four years ago to tour the stadium there. That it's was awesome. an incredible experience for me. Yep. Well, we're not going to hold it against you that you're a cheesehead. <laughs> I'm okay. a cheesehead, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, what I'd like for you to do to begin with is just take a few moments here and share with us some of your life experiences, maybe a little bit of your professional resume so our listeners can get to know you off the top okay um i was raised mostly in dunkirk uh, mom and dad moved into delaware county in 1967 i went graduated from delaware high school um, went to college at tri-state university in angola and got my bachelor of science degree in civil engineering and went to work out of college got my engineering degree went to work for ndot down in indianapolis i worked five years for ndot downtown indianapolis um i had the opportunity to go back to jay county um the commissioners at one of the county commissioners at the time was a good friend of mine and talked me into coming back to jay county so in 1989 i took the job as county engineer and held that position up until last uh, I retired from there the December of last year and went to work for a private engineering firm in Indianapolis, and I'm just having a ball. Ah, awesome. Um, also been involved in government, um, was spent nine years on the city council in Dunkirk, four years as mayor, and I'm still currently on the board of works with Mayor Jack Robbins. Yes. That's great. It's my understanding Dunkirk's a community of about 2,200 people, depending on who's home, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a proud community with rich history in the glass industry, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's employed a lot of people through there. Well, listen, folks, I want you to know as we get deeper into this today, it's not going to be filled with a lot of warm fuzzies. It's going to touch on some very tender moments and times. Uh, We believe it's 
you know, it's going to be drawing you, and I know it's going to be on Dan as he shares with us some of the family experiences and the losses and the challenges that he's been through. But as I reflect back, Dan, I think maybe our first connection was my coaching career at West J. with Justin played seventh grade football, your son, then yes. again in the eighth grade. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm sure we... We saw each other, but didn't connect until then. So mm-hmm. that was that was a neat time. Your father, three, right? Yes. Yeah. Would you introduce us to all three of the kids, please? J- Justin was the oldest, and then I have a daughter, Jessica. She is uh, 31, and I have a son, Jaden. Is just turned 16 this summer. Okay, and you're married, right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. My wife, Kelly. Yep. Awesome. Been married for 35 years. 35 years. Yep. That's a pretty good batting average. <laughs> okay. We'll take that. Well, in a moment, we're going to dig in just a little bit deeper to some of those experiences. And I thought the way we might do that is to begin by just having you, in your own words, speak about each one of your kids individually. You know, what has been special about them, what's made them unique, their challenges, their struggles, their victories as, you know, as life has played out. So folks just, uh, we know we're go- you're going to be able to relate to this as far as either you've had the misfortune in your life of some of what Dan's going to share or you know someone who has. So, Dan, just go ahead if you want to hear and start us off with a little of Justin's story, okay? Okay, Justin um, Justin was a smart kid, um, always got good grades in school, played football, played basketball. Um, I coached him in Little League. He played Little League all through, um, was very involved. Um, I think he kind of... He didn't really know what he wanted to do when he got out of school, so he ended up enlisting in the Army, which, you know, I think it was a good fit for him because he was kind of uh, needed needed a direction and did real well in the Army. I, I think the proudest day of my life was when we went to, when he graduated basic training and we went out to his, that ceremony, and it was, I was just really, a prou- it was a proud day. Where um, was that, Dean? Well, he was stationed, um, his, his, Basic training was in South Carolina. Okay. And then uh, he was stationed in Missouri. That's where he ended up being stationed at. Um, when he got out of the Army, he come home and wasn't really sure what he wanted to do. I know he had a few odd jobs here and there. Um, he took to working as a millwright in uh he really liked it, and so he he learned how to weld and do all that kind of stuff, and and I thought we thought we we thought he found his way. Um, he met a girl, Lindsay Cochran, and they got together, and uh, and probably the proudest day of his life was when he when his son was born. Um, his son is now four. Um, and then I need to talk about, um, he would have turned, he passed away on the 22nd of August in 2017. It was two weeks after his son was born and a week before his 31st birthday. So went from being one of the proudest days of my life to one of the hardest days of my life. Unimaginable. Obviously. I mm-hmm. can't, uh, you know, there's no way I can say I know what you're thinking or what you're feeling because I haven't been there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Jessica, my second uh, child, is uh, she was another one. She's very smart, very athletic. Played base or played softball, basketball, you name it. She did all that. Um, she got a scholarship to go to Ball State, and she just fell into the, I guess, the whole addiction thing. Um, she has probably spent. A majority of the last 10 years in in and out of jail or prison or um, it's been really hard. Um, and Jaden, my youngest, he's completely different from both of them. He's smart. He's he's not real social. He he doesn't do sports. He doesn't uh, you know, he doesn't get he's just not a real sociable person, but he's very smart. Um Evidently, God knew what he was doing when he gave Kelly and I Jaden that late in our life because I don't know what we would do without him. He's just been a blessing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, tell us a little bit more about how you remember and some of the first, you know, visuals or ideas you had recognizing Justin was headed toward that addiction direction, please. You know, I didn't, I don't think I saw it as much with Justin as I did with Jess. Um, I knew that he was using, I knew he had some issues, but I didn't see that it, I didn't think that he had the problem as bad as Jessica did. Of course, he wasn't home much because he, like I said, he was in the army. He was, he wasn't living at home. So I guess I didn't see it as much as I do with, did with Jess. Um, and I didn't really know where his, where his mind was. Um, I have a letter. Justin wrote everything down. He was he he constantly kept a journal. So and I did have a letter. I would, if you mind, I I'd just read it. Oh, just, we it'll, loved it'll it. Give you an idea of what his mindset was. And this was written on August the eleventh. So it would have been right after his son was born and before and before he passed away. So I'll just read it real quick, and, and it'll kind of give you a feel for what. Awesome. So he's talking about his biggest priority now, and it says, I, it still blows my mind that I'm a father. I have a son. I never thought that my entire world, along with any and every single little thought or feeling of importance, could be wrapped up in one little tiny guy that makes me melt every time those blue eyes open and look up at me. I know in my heart and soul that I'll never fail him. I'll always stand behind him, even if he's wrong. It's my job. No, it is my honor to be a father to that amazing little boy. It's just as much an honor that I've been given the chance over the past three and a half years to be a father figure to Lily, who is um, Lindsay's daughter. She really is awesome and will no doubt succeed in her lifetime. I know this because her mother instilled the wisdom and the fight she needs. I just hope I can impact that boy's life the same and give him every piece of knowledge I possibly can as well as any other tool he might need in life. That is what my old man, my hero, my dad gave me. He gave me so much more than just that. He devoted everything he had into making life for Jess and me easier, or at the very least, bearable. Mom wasn't absent in all this either. She was dad's teammate, and together they did more than right by Jess and myself. Now they have the chance to do it again with Jaden. The one thing that still stumps me is how Jess ended up in prison for the better part of her 20s and how I ended up turning into the dirtbag heroin addict that I was. I'm so relieved to have left that part of me behind. I never once thought I could ever become someone so ugly inside and out. It took a long time and a journey down a painful road, but it definitely helped shape me into something, someone much stronger than I was before. 
That's why I don't stress as much about my issue now. I know that I can and will overcome it in the end. And in all reality, the end should have been August 6th, the day my son was born. For five days, everything was perfect. I didn't have any thoughts or cravings. Then again, I never really do. I think it has to have control over me for that type of mental state to be present. For the time being, I remain in control. I'm just trying to break the habit before the tables turn and I succumb to the emptiness and the darkness overwhelms me. I'm starting to think that maybe my quarrel with the big guy with the big guns upstairs should be resolved. I think I've kept a grudge long enough, not to mention the sins I've been piling up. Could really use several confession sessions. I just hope I can say enough Hail Mary and Our Father prayers to lessen the load. It's obvious we're Catholic, so you know that. <laughs> I actually remember not ever wanting to get up and go to church, but I always felt better after going. I mean, like my complete heart, mind, and soul, body and soul felt better. I think I need some churching because I've been sinning. Sunday, August 13th at St. Mary's is where I'm going to be. I still remember Mass starts at 1030 sharp. I already feel better. Got to go. Little sister is coming for some of my Army uniform patches and the first challenge coin I ever earned that I usually have on me at all times. It's going to be a great night. So that was just a, that was 10 days, 11 days before he passed away. So did you find that letter? Was they given to you before that? How'd you come across that letter? Because that's, that's gold. That's they, uh, gold. they found it when they found him. He had went to Cincinnati. He was going to start a new job. Um, so he'd driven down the day before, and he had, had, had to do a drug screen, which he passed his drug screen, and he was supposed to start that, the next, that morning, the 22nd. And... Um, I remember trying to call him that morning to, to give it, wish him luck and on his first day. And um, I don't, it was probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock that morning. Um, the sheriff, uh, Dwayne Ford, came into my office at the highway garage and said, we found Jaden. I said, well, what do you mean you found Jaden? And that's when he told me. And I didn't. Ooh, that was yeah. rough. You mean Justin um, with that Justin, bright, yeah. yeah, just for oh, their sorry, clarity. Yeah. And, no you know, I, I says, what do you mean you found him? Well, they found him in his hotel room. Um, he OD'd. And uh, so this was the letter and stuff was, he had all that stuff with him, you know, because like I said, he'd kept a journal. And uh, so, you know, reading that letter, I kind of thought, you know, his mind was, he was he knew that he had a problem and he was he was going to fight this thing and i don't you know what happened i have no clue um we still don't know um we just know that he died of fentanyl overdose is what it said so yeah it was rough um it still is it's <laughs> it's hard to you don't quickly get over that kind of pain, mm. and I don't know for sure if you ever completely no, get over it. I don't okay, think so. mm -hmm. hopefully time lessens some of it, but yeah. uh, that kind of a tragic loss hangs with you. I, in the letter, there's there's a statement I picked up on. He referred to himself as a dirtbag addict. Mm -hmm. Did you ever feel that, Tordy? No. Not at all. What did you feel toward him, even amidst the struggle? He was my son. You know, I can't. I. It's a struggle. I, I, I understand that now more than ever that it's not just something, you know, I, I smoke cigarettes. It's an addiction. You just, it's tough. 
Um, but how this this is just gets a hold of you that I mean you'll do any if if you if the birth of your son um, and that kind of thing. I mean, and obviously it, he had that in his mind. If that doesn't, you know, that's not even enough to change you. You know, um, the feeling that you fall into and in reading this letter that you know you fall into this emptiness and this you know I don't know I, I don't know that feeling. Yeah. Um, and I guess unless you're an addict, you probably don't. There's no way I could. Mm-hmm. Okay, I hear it. I listen to it. I understand it. But I've certainly not lived it. That exactly. desperation to get away from it, and yet it just pulls you back so strongly and just sucks you in so much deeper mm-hmm. each time. Uh, how how did you and Kelly approach things, Dan, amidst his you know addiction struggles? What yeah? What was your uh, your plan? Well, he he had talked to his mother about getting help, and she and we were going to help him. I mean, I don't know, you know, we said we would do whatever it took. I mean, because he wanted to go get help, and like I said, I I thought he had it under control, and when he was ready, he would go. Um, you know, that day obviously never came, um, but the signs were there. I you know, I see him all the time. I see him with Jessica all the time. Um, so has your hindsight with Justin's experience helped you see more clearly with Jess's challenges? Probably, probably. But I, you know, Jess had issues before. I thought she, I think she had issues way before Justin did. I mean, I, I think she was, she had her problems before Justin and, uh, she, like I said, she started. She started. It was the people that she hung out with, and the and the and the drugs that were there. And she got involved in drugs when she was, I think, just out of high school, uh, maybe when she was still in high school. Um, I said she she got into trouble. Um, her first stint, I think, she did was for dealing. She she had an informant that was supposedly a friend of hers that she sold a couple pills to or gave a couple pills to anyway that that ended up costing her like i think they sentenced her to 12 years for that and uh, she had to do eight or they sentenced her to 12 reduced it to eight so she had to do four years which she did and then it's like i said she was back she's been back in prison she's been she's currently sitting in the jay county jail right now so amidst this and prior to justin's death what what was the hardest thing do you think for you and Kelly? Knowing that we couldn't you know, I guess I, I hear people and I, and I think that was the stigma before. It's a poor it's for it's poor people that get addicted and it's not you know, well to do people and, and I'm not saying we're well to do it by any means, but our kids never needed anything. I mean, we took care of our kids, they had whatever they needed. Um they had a good education they i mean we raised them the right way i don't know where the i i feel like maybe if there's one thing that that we regret now is what did we do wrong and we don't know um and you keep thinking that could we what could we have done different what could we have done different and um i just don't know i don't know what we could have done different 
really if don't. you'd have known you'd have done it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you'd have thought this is going to work, yeah, you'd, have, I mean, you'd have left work to get it done. Mm-hmm. I know you that well, and mm-hmm. I know how much you loved your kids and your family with all of that. So at Justin's passing, where were you guys relationally? Were you at a good place? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because there are those families who aren't at that. Yeah, we know, were. I mean, like I said, we were. Everybody was. It was. It was an exciting time. Like I said, he just had a baby, and uh, you know, we were all. Everybody was excited when he was getting ready to start a new job. And I don't know if it was just all those things just over, were too overwhelming. I just don't know. On I don't know in his mind what what caused him to do that that one last time, but. You know, we. I think that everything. I think we were all in a good place. Yeah, yeah. Well, I. You have to be filled, and you kind of referred to it with the woulda, coulda, shouldas, mm-hmm. but we don't know what they. You know what they are. Yeah. How, how have you guys managed to heal to this point? I'm not suggesting you're totally healed. I know better. But what has gotten you through to this? point dealing with the passing of Justin and Jess with her challenges and uh, addiction issues? <sighs> Probably Jaden. Um, like I said, he's been such a blessing. Um, our two grandbabies, we got Justin's and then we got Jess's. Um, and we we see, we we watch Jess's uh, baby two or three, four days a week. And Justin Kelly's watching Jaden every, or Jameson, which is Justin's son. She's watching him every day, so Lindsay could go back to work. Um, so she Kelly actually retired in ju- in July of this year, so she could spend time with the grandkids. And so, okay, that I think helps get us through because we see Jameson. And we see Justin. Obviously, there's they so much alike, um, and the same way with Jess. And I think the hardest thing is, you, you know, I and it's with Jess. I I think the biggest problem I have is, she, you know, one thing I that I've noticed with with most addicts that I've I've heard about or that I and the feelings and the in the situations we've had is they're always in denial and they will never admit that they're using they say no that's not mine no i didn't do that no 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 one thing kelly and i we know just being around jess for her life we know when she's on when she's using when she's on something she'll deny it every time no matter what you could find it or find her with a needle stuck in her arm and she'd say that's not mine i didn't put that there i mean that's just and and so to try to help somebody, because we've we've tried to get Jess, we've had her, we've taken her to different places. She she gets past the first day or two and and gets to where she's you know, and then she'll leave. Um, you know, you can't force them to go because obviously she's thirty years old. She can do whatever she wants. All you can do is try to encourage them to go, but it's till they until they admit. They have a problem, and if they're if they're still in denial and they will not admit they have a problem, I don't think it'll it'll change. They have to own it. They have to, and you know we'll do anything for her, um, you know, and but getting them to admit that they have a problem and that's yeah. the first step, and and we just can't get to that point with Jess. 
Okay. I mean, it's hard. Going back again to that statement of Justin's where he called himself <laughs> a dirtbag addict, do did you ever feel from the community or society other than the this understood stigma did you ever feel like people looked down on him or you guys because of that that addiction issue or that it was what defined his life or even Jess's life I don't think with him um, because like I said I don't know that there's that many people that actually knew that he had a problem um, Jess, on the other hand, is, is, you know, pretty much everybody's aware of it. I think it's, I think 10 years ago it would have been that way. I don't think it's that way anymore. I, I don't, uh, I know so many people that have had, that have had the same problem, um, that have went through that, f- have faced the same thing. Um, and they're good kids, good, you know, they've brought, they were brought up right. They just, they just fell into this addiction. They made and bad choices. You know, how – I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I know everybody's trying. Probably the one thing I feel bad about and probably the reason I'm such a believer in, in Brianna's Hope and what you guys are doing. But my – and I want to get so – I so want to get involved. But my feeling is how can I – help anybody when i'm not even when i was not even able to help my own son you know what i mean i hear what you're saying but you have a knowledge and an understanding that most people pardon me on the street or in their homes do not have because you have been there and done that and you're feeling the scars of their choices so you know just like you're doing here today by letting people know what your experience was about it's going to give them an opportunity to release some of their feelings and say somebody gets it you're somebody who gets it you may not be able to help that struggler but you may help that struggler's parents more than you realize uh so i you know i can certainly see the positivity in that so that kind of leads to this thought do you feel like you have had the freedom from those in the community and around about to to talk about Justin's life in a positive way, to talk about Jess in a positive way. I'm not questioning any of that with Jaden because we know that's that's a different story. Or do you feel like you've had to kind of hold it in? Not really. We don't. Good. We don't hold it in. I mean, I. You know, I've never known you to hold anything in, okay? Yeah, uh, you're straightforward. It I, is what it is. I yeah. mean, you know, if if people accept it, fine. If they don't accept it, fine. I mean, you know, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing Kelly can do to change what happened. Um, you know, I think we, uh, we've got enough friends around um, that understand what we went through, and it helps a lot getting through it. Um, because there's so many kids that in that that Justin and Jess grew up with that have been through this and that have done you know Absolutely. it's happened to other people so it's not just us it's nope. and I think that's what we realize this is a this is not just an isolated incident this is a by no means this is a crisis and it affects everybody uh, you know Jay County's not a big county not a but 
but you can't hardly find anybody that has not had been affected directly by this. I go to a church to speak. I go to a club group or organization, usually open up with the question, how many of you here have a family member, know someone that struggles with addiction? And the hands that don't go up need to move the rock they're living in. Yeah, Because exactly. we've all been impacted by it, exactly as you're saying there. So from your your experiences what would you like for others that might be walking in your shoes to know or what kind of advice might you be able to to give them dan don't first of all i don't think you can you can't judge them because like i said i think it's just it's it's beyond our control you have to try to help them all you can and you and there again you can only do so much if they if they aren't willing to help to get the help but you know because you don't know what it's like none of us know what it's like that haven't haven't been there um you know all you can do is be there for your kids try to help them all you can um you know if there's questions you know if you have questions or you or you think that your kid might be involved in drugs chances are they are they are i mean good way to i think they are i mean if you have any doubts if you have any you know the sign, if you see any signs or you have any doubt, they're prob- they probably are using drugs. I don't know. I would think you would be better off to take for granted they are and be mm-hmm. wrong than to find out mm-hmm. uh, the other way mm-hmm. that uh, you could have been right. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And yes. we have, you know, we've went from not just cocaine and heroin and meth to this fentanyl that's that they're putting in everything that'll kill you. In, in a heartbeat. I, you know, it just blows my mind that that that's taken over like it has in these, you know, these addicts. And, and you would think, gosh, I can't do this anymore because I could there could be a chance I could get, you know, some of this stuff. And, and, you know, but they don't think they don't think past that next high. I don't think to realize what the outcome could be. And I think part of it's they want to flirt with that danger of the possibility. It's like instead of driving 90, you drive 95. Maybe, maybe. You go up to that next level. And maybe. Uh, yes. uh, it's so a scary thing. Can you think of anything you'd like to address, or was there a question that you'd like to be asked to, you know, to be able to help you with this as you help others by sharing all this, Dan? I I don't know. I guess, like I said, I, I realize that, that I'm not alone. I, I realize I'm not alone. I know there's a lot of people in here um, that are going through the same thing, that have went through the same thing. And there's a lot more that are going to go through the same thing because this isn't going to stop overnight. Um, I don't know. I think the the biggest issues I think is, and I know they're trying to work on it, is trying to get treatment, trying to get treatment, local treatment, because you know we send our kids off to Fort Wayne or Indianapolis, and you know if we had a local a local facility, um, maybe it would help. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk of doing something like that, but. Um, these kids and then like i said they hear the horror stories from the from the people that have been to these places and it doesn't make them want to go so i think a a facility that's that welcomes people welcomes addicts in and that actually works with the addicts um 
I don't think the court mandated treatments work because they're going because they're forced to go. It's still the only way to my in my feeling, the only way the treatment's going to work is if the addict decides it's time. I want to do this and does it. Yes. Um, I think we're wasting our time when the court orders orders these addicts to go to to treatment because they're going because they're forced to go. And you force you're trying to force somebody to do something they don't want to do. Exactly. Um, I wish I knew what the answer was. I really do. I if we did, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be, in be in here, here today, no, would we? Exactly. Um, it's a, you know, it's scary that it's scary to think that that how many of them how many of them are out there, and uh, the struggle is becoming greater. Unfortunately, and they just got to realize they're not a, they're not alone either. But there again, do they feel that way, Justin? You know, does he he felt like he was, you know the way he felt i mean i hate to feel i hate to think that the kids that are using drugs feel that way um you know i understand that they made a bad choice and it's not just as easy as okay i made a bad choice i'm not do that anymore with this with these drugs it's like i said it's an addiction so it they need help the, um yeah the danger uh, it can be one and done, and unfortunately, exactly. there's no such thing as experimenting with drugs today. No. Well, Dan, before we get ready to change gears just a little, is there anything else you'd like to say? I don't. I don't know. This is the first time I've really talked to anybody about this, so so I'm kind of. It's kind of new to me, and I well uh, wasn't sure how how I was going to be prepared for this. So if it helps, it helps. I mean. That's all we can try, you know, try to do. And you have tried. Thank you uh, for making yourself vulnerable like this, your family vulnerable for speaking the truth. I certainly have not known everything you've shared. I've known a lot of it. We've had a lot of experiences together. But for you to step up here and to share this will definitely, you know, it's going to touch lives. And I, I believe even change and save lives i hope so on behalf of faith in your recovery and a better life brianna's hope thank you for joining us and we want you to know you can find our show on spotify apple podcast soundcloud and google podcast if you like our show please leave a five-star review click like download and subscribe it can make a big difference for our future and i hope the difference in our future makes a difference in the future of those who are turning into our episodes so to close don't give up on yourself and don't give in to the urge your answer your healing your recovery may be just around the next corner or maybe even in our next episode. Have faith in your recovery by having faith in yourself, your journey, and above all, God. Believe and keep fighting the battle. Thank you.